Hello and welcome back to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this episode, we're going back into the world of the audio story. And we're going with the eighth Doctor story, The Invaders of Mars. Uh, But first, as we usually do, the news. Now, well, there's not a lot of news, is there, to be honest? Uh, Again, this seems to be another sort of theme when we we, we start off the news. Um, But the only thing we haven't really discussed is the latest um, Blu-ray collection um, that's due to come out, I believe, in, well, next month, actually, March. Um, that's season nine, another Pertwee era. Um, surprise, Paul, is it another Pertwee era, or are you looking forward to some more sort of other eras? A bit, bit more sort of Peter Davison, Fifth Doctor. I haven't had many of them either, have we, really? No, I suppose there tends to be. I can understand sort of the Third Doctor just being that um, period where a lot of your. Blu-ray buying fans of an age that will buy that. I think so. Um, I, I think I think maybe something else comes into play with this as well is the fact that people of that era who produced it or acted in it are yeah. dropping like flies, aren't they? Really, it's, it's you know, there's. Um, I think it's it now there was no writers left from that period either, which which is which is frightening actually. Um, but it's. I know that this particular season isn't that well regarded because you have you do have um, a couple of at least one story in there. I think it's the the, the time monster, um, which isn't that great. I don't think the mutants that I think that's overly long. I think the mutants actually, yeah. to be honest. But you have got Day of the Daleks, which I quite like. Um, Curse of Peladon, which I think is good. And also the Sea Devils, which is a yeah a, a classic, really, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to wonder when that when you're going to go back to the uh, the sort of I think we've only had one box set so far for Davison, haven't we? I, I'm not in front of my shelf, so I don't know what's on my shelf. I think I think it's only one Davison. I'm not sure because I haven't been buying them. No, you haven't. No, oh, you, you haven't even bought the, the DVDs for the first time around, have you? <laughs> no, I, yeah. It's... You're just reliant on um, on Britbox at the moment. At the but, moment, uh, yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed. But uh, no, I've got no... I've got a few. I just not there's, there's gaps. I'm probably actually all right on the third Doctor. <laughs> it's so it's the fifth well doctor you don't have a lot of, isn't it? Ah, so. Yeah, I can well understand why why they're bringing them out all now because they're trying to appeal to me. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Was was that a personal request you made to them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for me, I think that the big one is Pertwee's last season um, because whether they're actually going to do anything with the uh, the black and white episode from uh, the dinosaur story. Yeah, because they, they didn't colourise it last time, did they? I don't think they were, I don't know if it was they couldn't do it or there just wasn't the budget for it. I can't remember what the um, what the rationale was for releasing it in black and white. Um, and I know, no, I think uh, they did, it, but it's not. It's as an extra rather than. Didn't they only do like a few minutes? It wasn't the whole episode itself. If you watch it as a serial, it's, that episode's in, episode one's in black and white. Right. Yeah, but I'm sure they did do the colour. They just didn't put it... I think it was at a point where they weren't sure how colourised stuff was going to be accepted or not. Yeah, well, no, they did it with Planet of the Daleks, didn't they? They they found that, that different... Rather than finding another um, sort of like a poor quality colour version, say, like from the United States, where the, the, you've got so many different lines compared to the, yeah. um, the British version... 
wasn't it on the um, Planet of the Daleks one? It, they actually able to pick out the colour from the black and white. It, there was some method they found. Yeah. Um, which I, I'm not entirely certain whether they actually managed to do that or not with, um, or, or certain bits of episode one of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. But uh, it'd be interesting. And of course, the other thing with that, I think people are hoping they're going to update the special effects. Yeah. And that will I mean, take that, a lot that, of money. That would be. <laughs> the question wouldn't it is do they do that but then are they I don't know spoiling the the atmosphere of the story if they do that well I, th- I think you're, I think you're right actually I think they would do um, though what they did with Terror of the Autons uh, on, on that on that particular Blu-ray, Blu-ray release when they updated the the effects of particularly with the the devil doll springing to life uh, they yeah they did it in a way where it still looked like it was CGI, but it still looked like the 1970s, if you see what I mean. It was mm. very, very cleverly done, uh, how they did it. So if they could do it this, in a similar way for Invasion of the Dinosaurs, and not because it, it would take you out of it. If they had like Jurassic Park quality um, special effects, it would take you out of it because, it, you yeah. know, you've got, a, you know, got like a, a perfectly sort of rendition CGI of, of a T-Rex and you've got Mike Yates holding that plastic gun. <laughs> Yeah, on a deserted London street somewhere. So yeah, it, it would stand out, wouldn't it? Really? I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, the problem is, nearly every other program on a Sunday night seems to have animated dinosaurs in it. I know. I'm getting sick of it, to be honest. <laughs> so you know, it can't be. You always want to say it can't be that hard to do or that expensive to do because well, they're all it's doing more it. Take, it's more taking the the. Removing the other one from the shot. <laughs> yes, indeed. In. Indeed, but uh, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I, we're we're skipping way ahead. And we're, obviously, we've got season nine to come first, um, yes. which I'm I'm sort of. I'm looking. I look forward to all the all these Blu-ray collections because the, the extras on there are absolutely fantastic. And I know you still get the ones that are on the DVDs as well, but you do get, um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of um, extras on there. I think you've got obviously you've got the usual behind the sofa stuff which I really enjoy. It appears to be Scott's um, particular favourites of watching behind the sofas on these, these Blu-ray collections. Uh, you've got the movie-length editions of Day of the Daleks and the Sea Devils, which have apparently been previously unavailable. Um, you've got convention footage, um, which features Nicholas Courtney and Richard Franklin, recorded in 1986. You've got a, a 5.1, 5.1 surround and Dolby Atmos sound on the Sea Devils. On both the episodic and omnibus um, editions, uh, you've got the usual location, location, location stuff. You've got Katie Man and friends revisit the film locations of season nine. But they're good documentaries as well, actually. There's there's lots yeah. of stuff on there. There is lots of stuff yeah. on there. You know, it's um, all very, very good. And uh, to me, it's it's worth the money. It really yeah. is. It really yeah, took the, the CGI's. Can they can they CGI the gap between the Sea Devil's head and the rest of the costume? <laughs> I like the old Sea Devils costumes. I'll tell you what, they're better oh, than like the ones the they usually wore in the deep. It's just the bit. It's just the bits where, at some points, there's there's the clear that the head was put on separately to the body. Well, it's or like it's, a helmet, you, isn't it? It's, it's a little see, bit wonky on the head, and isn't you, it? <laughs> and you can see someone's people's necks from behind. <laughs> Does it take you out the story, Paul? <laughs> No, not at all, to be honest. <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, 
talking of uh, sort of I mean, are we ever going to get oh, a CGI Merca? That's the question. Well, if, if, if anything deserves a CGI uh, makeover, it's that really, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Actually, Paul, I, I don't think any amount of CGI could hide the, the, the fact that story was not well put together, unfortunately. But that's, no. that, that, that wasn't their fault. They didn't, have a, they didn't have a lot of time, did they, thanks to um, Thatcher calling a, a, a snap election. Only, only if they could just CGI lower the lighting. <laughs> I know, that would help it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Well, anyway, as I was about to say, um, talking of DVDs and uh, Blu-rays, I think, obviously, uh, the big Doctor Who convention, Gallifrey One, uh, happened in uh, sort of recent, sort of recent uh, days, and I think one of the things that came out of um, came out of there, if I, I think I'm right, and I don't know what the where the source came from, but uh, as I understand it, uh, the animated missing stories will continue. Um, so we've got one more to come, haven't we? Name of which escapes me at the moment. But apparently, after that, there is going to be um, further additions um, to follow, which hmm. is good news. Well, it certainly is if they want to do any Hartnell DVD Blu-ray collections. Well, yeah, we just had one, haven't we? Yeah, we just had one, but obviously for, for Marco, um, not Marco, but the Crusade. Sorry. Um, it was the surviving episodes plus the telecards. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, really. It's a shame, they could, but obviously the, the money wasn't there. They didn't have a partner for it. Um, right. But which, yeah, whether they now be able to start... Now start doing it. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's your, your, your take on this, Paul? Because obviously, when they began doing this, they would only animate the missing episodes. Yeah. But now they seem to animate the entire story, and then the the surviving episodes almost like an extra on the Blu-ray. I think, from my point of view, it depends on how many episodes are missing. Mm. If it's only one out of four or six, then I'm not. Yeah, just animate the the missing one. Mm-hmm. I suspect if you've only got one or two out of six episodes actually you've actually got the original then there may be a case that you say alright we'll make it actually as a animated one mm. because it's then too much of a odd jump into the existing episode if you slot it in yeah I think I, I think as you say it's striking the, the right balance isn't it yeah really because um, I think something I mean, to, a cer- to a certain extent with it I'd rather they didn't waste money doing... If you had a six-episode story and only one or two episodes are missing... Yeah. I'd rather they just spent the money doing the one or two episodes and then gave themselves money to be able to do a complete four-episode one that might be missing. Yeah, I agree. Then they give me extra cop- an, an animated cop- four animated copies of... Stories that exist or episodes that exist. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, money, no option. Then fine. Yeah, do. Oh yeah, do the lot. Yeah, 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 exactly. But exactly. that's never. No matter what backing they've got, I doubt if that's ever going to be the case. So, I'd rather they. Yeah, they just did what they needed to do to give us a watchable story. Yeah, I mean, I I don't care really uh, whether whether it's. You know, as you said, they animate all the episodes, even the surviving um, 
episodes out of that particular story um, or, or not really. I think it's just the fact we're, we're, we're getting them to put into the um, onto our collection on the shelves, really. Yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, I was quite, quite happy you know, with, in, with Invasion with the two. Yes, so was I. I, I it's still my favourite, actually. Yeah. That um, one. To be honest, yeah, if that means that you you can do three different stories where you insert one or two animated rather than just do one, mm. then I'd rather you did the two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just With glad we're money. getting them, really. Yeah. In whatever, ever, ever way we're going, you know, they're destined to arrive. I think, you know, it's just, it's great that, uh, you know, that they're, they're still going to continue. Uh, I think it was, it was only a matter of time. I don't think it was, it was ever in any doubt, really, was it? They were going to find another, another partner no. to do this. Uh, I, I and, and no idea then, who's doing and also, it. But. And also with a question of, <coughs> you would hope these things will get cheaper as technology moves forward as well. Mm. You would hope, you would hope, because obviously that they've, I don't know if they could use it the same, because originally it used to be Cosgrove Hall did the, the animations yeah. and they used other um, animation houses now. And obviously with the Web of Fear, they had that sort of, C- CG animation uh, which I can understand the reason behind it because they said once they've got it they can reuse it for other stories once they've got those, those sort of you know yeah, the animation there it wasn't entirely successful uh, because it looked 2D rather than 3D if you see. I, know, I know the animation is 2D anyway but yeah. it looked particularly flat um, unfortunately I, I mean I still, I still liked it it was a, it was a, a good experiment I know a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't live up to the the previous animations uh, that we'd had, but I thought it, it was I could see the, the, the it made a lot of sense why they were trying to do it that way because hmm. I think as you said it, it enabled it to become cheaper as it went on. Yeah, but it, lo- it looks like that's been that's been pushed to the to, to, to the side now. But like I say, I mean different levels of animation you suspect will become. Hmm. Let's hope, let's hope it will get cheaper yeah. and more more readily available for for us to uh, to to snap up because we will. We, we, <laughs> and they are successful. They they are very successful. It's, yeah. like, it's not like a niche market, you know. They they are they do sell. So it's um it's worthwhile persevering with. I'm, I'm glad to say they are. So uh, yeah, there we are. Yeah, excellent. So well, that's it for the news. There's, there was nothing else we 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 particularly wanted to talk about. Um, I think there's. There's no real news come out from the the production of the next series at the moment, which I'm kind of glad about. We've seen a few shots of Shooty Gatter in, in in variations on his costume, um, but yeah, uh, yeah that, that's more of a visual thing than <laughs> than discussing on here. But uh, so coming up next, um, we're going to talk about Invaders from Mars plus one other little extra thing from Scott. He's making a a return uh, to the podcast. So for another episode then, that was the news. Right, everybody. So before Paul and I start discussing Invaders from Mars, uh, Scott has recorded um, a little little piece for this podcast about his favourite Doctor, of course, it's, it's Sylvester McCoy. There's a, you know, he absolutely adores that particular period of Doctor Who. So the next sort of uh, three to four minutes, Scott's recorded a little piece um, about the Seventh Doctor. So here we go. 
five minutes or so bit on this podcast, I will be talking about the seventh doctor, season 24 to 26. I will be covering these key points. His first season, his last season, companions, stuff about the seventh doctor, slash Sylvester McCoy. I just want to say now, I do love the seventh doctor, as most of everyone on this podcast knows already. So that's why I wanted to do this. But let's cover his first season. His first season of Doctor Who was 1987, with again Bonnie Lagford as Mal. Like season 23 with Colin Baker. The stories consist of Time and, Time and the Rani, Paradise Towers, Delta and the Bannerman, Dragonfire. I personally like Dragonfire since it introduces Ace, and the arc of the story is just amazing in my opinion. But my least favourite episode is probably Paradise Towers, it's just awful in my opinion. It's just not a lot to it that's interesting. I mean, old ladies eating, eating people, just eh. Moving on to season 25, we have Sophia Aldred's Ace, also known as Dorothy. I personally love this series since it has one of my favourite, one of my favourite episodes ever. Remembrance of the Daleks, but the seas, but the season's stories consist of Remembrance of the Daleks, The Happiness Patrol, Silver Nemesis, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. My personal favourite, as I've said, and this season is Remembrance of the Daleks. I don't have an unfavourite episode, but I don't like clowns, so I might not like The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Next season! Season 26, which continues Sophie Sophie Aldred as Ace and still the Seventh Doctor. The season, well, it isn't my personal favourite, but it's alright. Since it does have survival in it, the season's stories consist of Battlefield, Ghost Light, The Cast of Fenric, Survival. Not a huge fan of, of Ghost Light or The Cast of Fenric, but Survival is amazing since it does bring back the Master. Unfortunately, we don't actually see any of the whole TARDIS since a low budget was on Battlefield. But Battlefield is the last appearance of the classic 80s console. Moving on though, it is time for the Seventh Doctor. Come on, Sylvester McCoy. Woo! The Seventh was actually, and a lot, a lot of people know about this, was wearing a wig when Colin Baker supposedly regenerated. But guess what? It was Sylvester McCoy wearing a Colin Baker wig because he refused to come back, so it looks like Colin Baker regenerated, it was actually technically Sylvester McCoy to Sylvester McCoy. His last season was 1989, and unfortunately, the seasons got cancelled, so we didn't see the Doctor and Ace for another season, sadly. He was born in 1943, two years before World War II entered, and his first acting role was in 1965. Unfortunately, I can't find his first acting role. But that's all I know for today, so thanks for listening, and I hope to see you all another day. Goodbye! Thank you very much, Scott. And I, 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 do, Paul, I am hoping to move him away onto other periods of Doctor Who at some point. Huh. <laughs> he's absolutely obsessed with Sylvester McCoy's period. Good luck to him, I say. I'm glad he's found, he's found his Doctor. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. I mean that's the point, isn't it? Exactly. Who are, who are us to say that he's wrong? I know precisely. Each to their own. I say each to their own. Yes. But um, anyway, we're now going to talk big finish in Vales from Mars. And but before we do, let's listen to the big finish trailer. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, we are still heading for Singapore, aren't we? Of course. Singapore? 1930? Perhaps, let me see. 34th Street and Broadway. Not Singapore. Well, judging by that skyline and that taxi driver's language... And that dead man. And that dead man. Oh. I'd have to say New York City. Will you get moving, you great lunk? Hey, hey. You can hurry, genius, my friend. There's a fine art to successful chicanery. Now, you don't even know what that means. What is this place called? No, New Jersey. Is n- New Jersey the place where your weapons are kept? Uh, no, sir. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. Huh? Who wrote this crap? I certainly didn't write this crap. You will, Orson, you will. We'll take Manhattan and Staten Island, too. <laughs> Luigi, could we have the tab, please? This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen, out of character to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. Right, OK, this story was first released in January 2002. Um, it was written by Mark Gatiss and directed by Mark Gatiss um, as well. And not as normal, there will be spoilers during our conversation. Um, yes. So, uh, Paul, I believe... It is your turn to go first this first. time. Yes. yes. Hmm. I'm in two minds about this story. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you are, because so am I. <laughs> and let's start with my biggest problem with it. Go on. Accents. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. What's your take uh, on it? Uh, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, and I, and I... And I've only, after listening to it, actually listened to it twice, I've only, only just now actually seen who was actually in it. Yes, it's and quite the roll call, isn't it, really? It is. It is. This is, this is no case of jobbing ham actor turned up and, and thought he'd give it his all. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I just, I, you just think, hmm. I don't know whether they would have been better off finding some English-based American actors to yeah. have done the roles rather than yeah, yeah. I agree. Getting in people because they was names. Well, there's, there's, I, there's part of me agrees with you um, that yes, it's over the top, and I found it got grating. Yes. Over the course of four episodes, it, it really did. Yes. I, um, I mean, I, I, I think they'd be getting complaints from Dick Van Dyke for something. <laughs> but there was the other um, part of me was thinking, well, maybe this was deliberate. Maybe it was deliberate, oh. a, a deliberate play on those old sort of gangster movies from the 1930s where to, everyone did to, speak like that. To be honest, and this is where I come in with the... Um, in two minds about it mm. because actually the first time I listened to this it was pretty much oh right 
And the only bits I really liked were the bits of incidental music, <laughs> I have to say. Um, and then when the aliens turn up, that was like, all right, so that's a change in tempo and style a bit. Yeah. But actually, listening back to it again, once you accept then, actually, that the alien bits of it are... Well, the aliens themselves are, are fairly comedic. Yeah, I, I never got. Uh, yeah, I never really and got that's them as, a, as a, 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 a as a how can I put it sort of like as, as a, a, a major threat. No, exactly. They're not, and they're not meant. And when you re- when when I started to think, oh right, they're not meant to be, which is my problem with them. First of all, was like, well, having really built up to the ter- you know, this is all going to be terror. Yeah, and then um, oh right, okay, no, you're just bumbling around. Then when you, actually, when you take it that they're comedic and then go back and listen through the rest of it with that idea that this is a comedic epi- a comedic story, mm. and I'm hoping that Mark Gatiss isn't going to be ever listening... Well, if we're charging Mark Gatiss, ever listening to this is pretty low. Paul, but, he's um, a regular listener. Didn't you know that? He <laughs> always listens to this podcast. Hi, Mark. See, hope you're well. <laughs> yes. See you Thursday, as usual. Um... No, uh, but actually, you start to think, oh, is this? And at, now, and actually, saying that it's also Mark Gatiss, didn't I? Didn't I, I, I tend to listen into these completely blind as to who's in them, who's written them, and whatever. Yeah, and only then look afterwards, and then you know, think, oh, didn't know that. I now actually do think, and and I hope I'm right in this, and I'm not. He's not saying this is the most serious piece of work I've ever written. <laughs> um, I am thinking that this is actually, if you listen to it more as a comedic piece, I think it actually, yeah, it actually works a lot, and it's actually more a lot enjoyable, actually. Yeah, it's not. I, it was just the. I, I did enjoy it. I, I mean, I, re, I really like the, the the premise. Yeah. Behind it, and and I do like those um, Doctor Who stories where they take a real world. Event, yeah, and in and weave in a, a like a, mm. a like in this case an alien invasion during the broadcast of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, which did yeah. send certain parts of New York into a blind panic. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. um, no. amazing. Totally. To think of, well, I say amazing. Uh, social media does exactly the same thing now, but it's yeah. it's yeah. It's quite. It's quite. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like predicting the future. What Orson Welles did there, really, back in nineteen thirty-eight. But uh, yeah. Anyway. But but no, I am now. I've sort of come to terms with the accents now, and I think actually, yes, they are putting them on for that. They're not. It, it is for the the as you say. They're sort of doing it as a sort of I don't know, almost like fifties gumshoe version of the thirties. You know. Yeah, and I mean, all the, the, the gangsters are all sort of, you know, you're good, boss, like that. Yeah, boys, yeah, boys gang, yeah. It's, a, it's all, yeah. you know, almost like Top Cat, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly, yeah. That is actually, yeah, Top Cat is where, is where this is, the, <laughs> the, their accents are coming from. Yeah. And I suspect now, having, you know, as I've now managed to convince myself that this is, that is, that is on purpose. Mm. Whereas I started off listening to it the first time, thinking to myself, oh, God, if they could just got the accents right, this could have been a really good story. Yeah. Or this is a really good story, I think, hampered I'd, by the I'd, fact I'd, they're, they're yeah. sending it up. But actually, yeah, they, are, they, are, they are meaning to send it up. It is yeah. being sent up all the way through. 
But I, I still think it's a good story. I enjoyed yeah. it, really. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got alien invasion, Nazis, Russian mm. spies. You know, um, it's got everything, really, hasn't it, to be honest? That is the thing. And I'm saying this is, oh, yeah, if you listen to it as a, in, in a comedic way, then it's then yeah, it, it's it's really it's it's quite funny and it's it, it's a good story, and and I'm saying that with with the Nazis turn up halfway through, <laughs> <laughs> and get ripped to shreds by aliens. So yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's... I think it's good. Well, we we mentioned we said that it's quite the sort of like the the cast list this one. Mm. Um, so I think it was obviously you got Paul McGann as the Doctor, um, India Fisher as Charlie Pollard. Uh, who I think is, what well, I, I think along with uh, Evelyn Smythe, I think it's one of my favourite yeah. finished companions. Actually, Charlie Pollard, I, re- I really do like the character, and I like India Fisher in the role as well. Hmm. Actually, I think she's really good. Um, but you've got Simon Pegg as Don Chen. Now, Simon Pegg did a lot of big finish because I think didn't he play? I think he did some of the um, Strontium Dog and Judge Dread audios. I think right. he played Johnny Alpha in the Strontium Dog, actually, in Simon Pegg. Uh, Jessica Stevenson, as well, was in this. Um, so it's almost like a space reunion, uh, yeah. this particular episode. Um, but then you've also got uh, David Benson as Orson Welles. Now, for those of you who don't know David Benson, he has actually been in Doctor Who. He was in the Robots of Sh- Robot of Sherwood. He's in that, but he's, I think he's more famous for doing the um, he's one-man show of Kenneth Williams uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, we've also got Paul Putner, who's been in loads of uh, comedy shows um, in in the UK, and Mark Benton, as well. Yes, actually, of course, it was Clive in um, in Rose when it when this when the show returned in two thousand and five. So there's um, and also in um, as a feature of the couple of guests, you've got Katie Manning and Mark Gatiss. Yes, appearing it as well. So I say it's, it's quite it is quite the cast list, really. Yeah. Um, they all play different parts as well. I mean, obviously, Simon Pegg plays the the main gangster Don Chaney, um, but even that is a play on because his character description is that his nose shot off. Yeah. So he's Don Chaney, which obviously it, it equates to Lon Chaney, who played Phantom of the Opera, and the way he did yeah. with the with the, he had no nose, didn't he? The way his makeup was. So um, I like the fact that you it's it's a real little play on. Hollywood and Hollywood history, really. Yeah. And, fam- and f- you know, famous monster actor, Lon Chaney. Um, the only thing I thought was a bit naff was Jessica Stevenson's um, American name, because she's not all she seems. She's actually a Russian spy called Carla, but Glory yeah. B. Um, yeah. But that's, I suppose, again, that's a real play on the those sort of femme fatales. We had, we had names like that yeah. back in those those types of films, didn't they? Yeah. But uh, no, I thought, and obviously um, the other sort of my other actor in this as well um, from from the day, who um, John Houseman, um, was one of the players with um, Orson Welles, which I forgot was was British, wasn't he, John Houseman? Yeah, yeah. I could, I could, wasn't John wasn't John Houseman? Um, I might be getting confused there. Wasn't he he in Trading Places in the eighties? What was one of the one of the old millionaires? Mm, I could no, click on the link. Him. To find it out, but I'm not going to. I'm, not, I'm just going to see if anyone wants to write in and let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite sure. He, I'm quite sure he was. But that's another sort of famous, um, famous actor from the day, which I forgot was involved in um, that War of the Worlds broadcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, but obviously, 
the whole thing is that the doctor it's like a almost like a mistaken identity thing because the doctor sort of like stumbles across this what's left of this private dick and this kind of assumes his identity doesn't he just to see you know almost by accident kind of thing yeah and, that, and that's how it really starts isn't it yeah i mean it, it's I, 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 yeah, I think I think it works well. I mean, that that's actually slightly the weakest part of the story because, actually, why does he pretend to be Halliday once he's to Miss Glory B? At that yeah. point, you know that I can understand you go he'd go to Halliday's office because obviously he's trying to work out why he's obviously realised Halliday's been killed by something that shouldn't be around in that time period. Mm. But the fact that he just does the whole, you know, I'll, I'll carry on pretending while she's here, rather than just say I'm not him and I'm just cleaning the office or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose he, he gave sort of like a Paul McGann, his little sort of comedy bit where we were trying, trying yeah. to speak um, sort of the, the, the local dialect from the time, sort of like, yeah. know, what's the rumpus and stuff like that, you know? Um which I don't know if anyone actually ever said ever outside of Hollywood. I've got no, I've got no idea. But... But, but it's slightly the fact that they're giving him this odd bit of American to speak when everyone else is doing it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'll make you right on that one. I'll make you right. But uh, No, I, I, I mean, I did... Um, I really did... Enjoy. No, I like the. I was, I was beginning to wonder at some at one point how the the Orson Welles piece was going to sort of interlock with the with the the rest of the story. Yeah, if it was just going to be a bit of background to anchor the period. Yeah, because it was actually, quite late in the day when that happened, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was actually to the was it was the fourth episode, wasn't it? Before they all sort of it, it, it all sort of they it all came together. Yeah. I think, which but... actually wasn't, yeah, was was quite good in its itself in that the fact that you didn't, you know, it was sort of you were thinking, oh, this is just almost a bit of background information just to, you know, centre it on that, yeah, and then suddenly it basically revolves around it at the end, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, and I, 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 I. I really did enjoy that bit, actually. As I say, it's. Um, I mean, have you ever listened to the the what that Orson Welles War of the Worlds no. broadcast? It's weird actually because it, I, I had it on cassette. They gave it away free with a copy of Empire magazine, and this was donkey's years ago. And I don't think I've got it. Line. I'm, I, I, as I think we, as we were discussing the pub on Saturday night, Paul. I don't actually possess um, anything to play cassettes on anymore um, these days. But it, it's really rather. It is rather well done. That the the first episode is done like a um, like a live broadcast. You've got like a um, like a news live broadcast, and then they will cut to sort of like a, a band in the studio. Then it go back to the live broadcast again, um, and that's the bit that got people. That's the bit that really tricked people to believe there was an alien invasion going on. Yeah. Um, and the second half of it is really just Wells. Acting as as the narrator, like it was in the book, yeah, really. So it it, it it it's totally different. But how he kicks it off, that's the bit that sent America into a um in, into a blind panic. And I like the way they use that bit of the story 
or his broadcast to scare the aliens who yeah. were invading away from Earth. But even then, that doesn't isn't the solution. I, I quite like that as well. But yeah, you know, there was the the double ending, if you like. Well, even that was you know, well, even that was sort of like again, it was playing the comedy aspects. You know, the the doctor announcing what they just yeah. done whilst they were still broadcasting live, so that yeah. he just completely messed out for himself. So, yeah, um, yeah you're right. It was definitely taking the Mickey out of itself all the way through. It was even to the end. Yeah, it just took me. It just took me a long. The first listen, I didn't realize that was what was happening. Yeah, it wasn't until I'd listened to it all. Then you suddenly thought, oh. Actually, I'll listen to this again. And now, if I'd listen to it that way, how is it? And it, yeah, I, yeah, I, re- I actually did really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, there was um, it was so sort, of, sort of comedic. Um, with a couple of bits, it was particularly with the Cosmo Divine character, who's the the Nazi um, of, of the yeah. piece, basically. Um, when he shot, was it Bix Byro in the recording studio? Yes, he shot him dead. He was quite. Willing to kill anyone, really, who, who sort of got on his um, who got on his way. Well, every, you know, for, for if we are saying this is a, a, a slight a comedic story, mm. <laughs> there's a lot of people who get killed. There is, isn't there? So it starts starts with the murder of Halliday. Yeah. Then you have the the attempted hit on Cheney that's organised, yeah. um, and even then at the end. Uh, Cosmo Divine kills Ellis just because he's got fed up with him. Yeah, and yeah, and you have the the little Nazi army that gets ripped apart by the breeding aliens. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's, it's quite it's quite um, dark in places, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's it's a well that's typical Mark Gates, particularly from yeah. that time, isn't it? Yeah, really, a very dark humour. Yeah, because this would have been at the, the the sort of like the 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 sort of the peak of League of Gentlemen, really, about that time, wouldn't it? Mm. 2002. Yeah. So that's what he was, that's what he's really sort of really known for particularly you know at the time. But yeah, and that, the thing is that Doctor has always been known for sort of skirting that 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 fine line of sort of like playing it for laughs and then somebody dies brutally. <laughs> yes. Always has done, particularly well, in the 1970s. <laughs> well, yeah, particularly the obviously the Baker era. Tom oh Baker yeah, era. yeah, definitely. Definitely. But no, uh, I would like to have heard a version that was a straight version, if you like. Yeah, so I think I, it would it was it would have been a very good on its own stand on its own sci-fi story. I'm just wondering if if you did play completely straight, whether it would have been a bit too heavy because you just got like yeah. gangsters, Nazis, Russian spies, and um, and marauding aliens. Marauding aliens. Yeah, I think maybe it could have been a bit too violent, really, if you 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 put mm. those. Those type of characters together, yeah, it it, it could have gone. Well, it could have been a bloodbath, really. Good, <laughs> so yeah. That's, well, yeah. I mean, but it is no. It, is, it still is. Not, it still not is that to it could a have, degree. It, yeah, could, yeah. it could have been, but you then wouldn't have had someone doing a funny voice on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I whacked him, vice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, well, it really was full of the oh, way, yeah, yeah, that, that that sort of. It, it was yeah. that type of American accent, wasn't it? So if you, if you yeah. do go and listen, um, listen to this, you, you, you've you've been you've been warned, really, haven't you? Um, 
it's you know of, of what to expect. Don't expect anything um, realistic. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. But it's, as we keep saying, it's still enjoyable, nevertheless. It, it really is. <laughs> I, I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, I think you've just got to switch your mind to that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. And I must admit, when I when I read the, I sort of, we sort of picked this one out. And the reason I picked this one out, because um, obviously in uh, recent weeks we've had all like the you know the Chinese weather balloons, and at one point they were saying there could be UFOs. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I selected this this particular story. But when I sort of read the blurb, because um, I've had this story for ages, I just haven't haven't listened to it and. When I read the blurb, I thought, "Oh, is this going to be any any good?" It sounds it sounds a bit a bit of a dry story, really. Um, but it, it's not at all. No, it really is. I thought I thought it was very very well put together. Like as I said, I, I love stories that in, like weave um, a, a Doctor Who plot into a, a real world event. Yeah, um, yeah. For, for me, it ticks a lot of boxes ap- apart from the accents. <laughs> I mean, what. The one thing it probably lacks is atmosphere, because it's a bit too cartoonish. Yeah. Which, when you think that this, the next big finish story, Eighth Doctor story after this is Chimes of Midnight, which went totally... Opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. Which we have covered on this podcast, haven't we, Yes, we have, yes. Yes, Which is why I mentioned it. Um, So... Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see. You sort of think, oh, you know, this had been probably why this was was done. Like, the, you know, the, the, those two were together to be a contrast to each other mm. for the people that didn't like the sort of slapstick American gangster thing. Then, obviously, the next story was probably more for you. Although, you know, I do like both. Yeah, um, and I think Paul. Mag- <laughs> I think Paul McGain. Um, is always good value for money. Anyway, I think I think he's a, yeah. a fantastic doctor. I really do, and I haven't been disappointed. Maybe sort of sometimes I haven't sort of really enjoyed the stories so much, but no. I've always enjoyed his portrayal. Yeah, he's, he's. I think he's one of those actors who who can't really give a bad performance. If, if you know what I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed what he's what he's done. <laughs> That'd um, be one for people to write in. Write in with your poem again, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but I think the um, I think the other I think this is why this one stands out. We would say right or wrong reasons, really. But I think the the, the McGann stories we picked so far have been very atmospheric. Not I mean not just yeah. sort of the Charles of Midnight. They've all been sort of like you know there've been some fantastic yeah. soundscapes and special effects and whatever. And the stories themselves have been particularly sort of you know quite creepy or very very sci-fi. Oh get yeah get get very complex in that. Yeah. Whereas for all this is going on in this, you can actually follow quite easily where, yeah, where things are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is uh, no, it, it's a. Um, ooh, I'm trying to think of a, a nice sort of description for it. I don't, how, how would you, you say light and frothy? Yes. Yes. Light and I frothy quite, with Nazis. Yes. <laughs> with Nazi croutons. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> Light and frothy with Nazi croutons. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do nicely. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to... Um, I, I think I've said all I want to say anyway, because I, I don't want to start nitpicking at it, really, because 
I think just will enjoy it for what it for what it is. No, because I think actually, yeah, that if you do start talking through the problems with it, um, mm. well, I mean, as we have done, sort of with the, uh, yeah, with the the accents and whatever. I think we are, you are. It is a very big danger that you're actually just totally missing the whole point of it. I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bloody well, probably the biggest biggest clue to that is actually, as I said, the interlude little bits of music. Yeah, it's like you yeah, it's like the exactly old um. Um, the old RKO serials, isn't it? Yeah. Which is what I think it's trying to tell you. Yeah. How to, how to oh, shut up, Siri. Bloody thing. <laughs> Thank you. Siri just interrupted our, our conversation there, Posh. I shall ignore that. <laughs> I thought it was Mark Gators on the phone. So. <laughs> no, my saying RKO serials seem to... I must have taken serials as Hey Siri for some reason. <laughs> He's done it again! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Can you ask Siri if Paul McGann's ever done a bad performance? Let's ask it now, shall we? Hey Siri, has Paul McGann ever done a bad performance? It didn't know. It, <laughs> it can't find one. Obviously, I broke I Siri. <laughs> That's it, I've broken Siri. Oh, dear. I think that's a good opportune end to, to this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, crikey. Right, so when we're back um, in March, this will this will go right at the very end of, of, of February. So when we're, we're, I did yeah. say, point I'll be back in February, and we, we've done it just by the skin of our teeth. Yes. Um, I think um, when we're back in, it will be towards the end of March now, uh, we're back to a... A target novelisation versus televised version story. Yes. Um, and I'll make it d- difficult for Paul will pick a fifth Doctor one. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> I think we should make it your choice next time, Paul. It's your, your choice. Right. Maybe because I don't know what's in your DVD collection. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Well, we're OK while Brutbox is still just showing. <laughs> just showing them, I know. I know, yeah. it's still there. It's still apparently yeah. it, apparently the, the license is coming to an end at some point, but it's still yeah. there at the moment. It's still there. But, uh... OK, everybody. So um, I think before um, Paul and I are back, obviously I'm still sort of putting up our, my sort of videos, non-Doctor-related videos. So they'll be sort of in, in between um, Paul's return. And I'm also hoping to have uh, a guest... Uh, on the podcast, Jim Cameron from the Crinoid podcast and the Mutoid uh, podcast as well. Listen to that as well. It's covering Blake Seven. Very, very enjoyable. Um, and we're hopefully going to be talking about the Peter Cushing movies. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So um, until next time, everybody, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can download this podcast from iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and through your podcatcher of choice. If you would care to leave us some feedback on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, on the Who's He Podcast Facebook group, and through our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk.